Anyway, thank you, Jeannie. Okay, let's get our book of the Bible out. And um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna uh, preach on a, an interesting subject. I think it's uh, kind of appropriate now because there's so much being said about it. And uh, I think you've probably heard about this mark of the beast. How many have ever heard the mark of the beast? It's in the Bible and. Oh, there's down through the years, people thought, well, that's the mark of the beast, and that's the mark. Oh, that's the mark. But uh, I want to just uh, teach a little bit this morning, uh, because there's, uh, there's two things we're going to talk about this, this morning, and that is, there's two things, the mark of the beast and the mark of belief. The mark of the beast and the mark of belief. Now, a lot of people concentrate on the fact that in the end days, uh, during the tribulation, the devil's going to... Uh, have this mark that everybody has to take. We'll look at that. But have you ever realized there's a different mark? There's a different mark. It's a spiritual mark that God, he seals you with it. And uh, I've got the seal. I've got the mark. It's uh, How many are saved? Do you love the Lord? You, you know Jesus Christ has come into your heart and you believe he, he's your Savior. How many, how many have had that happen? Now you're marked. Now you're marked. You can't see it. It's probably not on your forehead. I haven't seen anything on my forehead except for, you know, when I was a teenager. <laughs> uh, Brother Carl was talking about acne this morning. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not talking about that kind of a mark either. Not talking about a tattoo or anything like that. It's, it's a spiritual thing that happens to us, and uh, we are sealed. Uh, we're going to look at this uh, because it's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And uh, I just want to forewarn you, and I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be knowledgeable. Uh, we, we have a Bible that's so misunderstood down through the years. People think, you, let me tell you this before we get started. Did you know the Seventh-day Adventist church? You, have you heard about those guys? They're very nice people. But their doctrine says that if we worship on Sunday, like we're doing right now, we took the mark of the beast. I got news for you. Just because you worship on Sunday doesn't mean you took the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is not worshiping on Sunday. By the way, I worship every other day too. How about you? So that's not. They made a terrible mistake with that nonsense. They thought we got Sunday worship from the Catholic Church. Uh, by the way, we were worshiping on the first day of the week way back in Acts chapter 2. And way, way back before the more, or the, uh, I've got it on my brain, don't I? Before the Catholic Church ever got started. We were, we were the first ones to worship on the first day of the week. Remember that? Thomas, Thomas on the first day of the week. And by the way, it was the evening service. They must have had a barbecue. Right? Everybody coming back with the barbecue tonight. We won't keep you long. Let's, let's pray. And let's have a great time around the Word of God today. Father, bless us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's look, first of all, at Revelation 13. I want to get right into it. I don't want to waste anybody's time. But there is a mark of the beast. And boy, is it a study in your Bible. <clears throat> There's, um, there is a uh, <clears throat> kind of like a tr an unholy trinity in the Bible. It's Satan, the beast, and the false prophet. Now, I don't know how to collate those with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likenesses. That, that's, just, that's just not necessary this morning. 
But you know, it's in the Bible, and there, there is the devil, and there is a religious figure, the false prophet. That's an individual. He was here to visit with us. Phil Robinson, remember him? He was here just for one, one uh, service, and uh, he went back to Chile. And it's in the southern part of Chile, and he, I think it's in the Antarctic zone of, of some, some distance. His whole, his whole town shut down in the southern part of Chile. His church is shut down. He can't, he can't go anywhere, do anything. It's worldwide. Now, I think what's being done here is that there is a, uh, what do you call it, a, a working up, uh, maybe a, a preparation, if you will, for a bigger picture. Because one day, there's going to be the mark of the beast. Now, if people aren't ready for it, if they're not conditioned to, to accept the, the, the edicts and, and the judgments and, and the, the commands, and uh, you know the Bible teaches that there's going to be a, a one world government one day. Now, this is, I'm not getting off track here and getting spooky on everybody. And I, I'm just saying, this is what the Bible does teach. To me, it's really exciting. You know why? Because, man, I think Jesus is coming back really soon. I, I don't know when. I think I'm going to be alive before he comes. I really do. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be, or when he comes. I am alive before he comes. But, uh, oh, man. But I, I want you to go with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> now, we'll go back there for just a minute if I can get, get through this. Oh, this is so exciting to me because the Lord is so good to us. And he puts enough in the Bible to, to help us to understand. You remember, the, the world couldn't hold the books that should be written. There's a lot of information that he didn't include in, in the books. But we've got what we need. It's called the Bible. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. Now here's the most wonder, one of the most wonderful things that, that's in our Bible. Ephesians 1 and verse number 6. It says, uh, to, the, to the praise, wait a minute, I might have got that wrong. Hold on a minute. Okay. Uh, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together one in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him, who worketh all things after the counsel of His will, in His own will, that we should be the, to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, now watch this verse, that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were what? Sealed. 
Your salvation is sealed. You can't lose your salvation. With the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. God promises salvation to all who believe. And He doesn't break that promise. You say, well, what, what, how much do I have to believe? A grain of mustard. Anybody seen one of them? I've never seen one. They're too small to look at. A grain of mustard, see, is all it takes to be saved. The Holy Spirit of promise. Now, <clears throat> you and I, who have received Christ as our Savior, are sealed. Now, there's a spiritual mark on us. It's found in the heart of every believer. You're marked with God's indelible seal. You cannot be unmarked. You can't throw it away. You can't send it away. You can't turn your back on it because wherever you go, there you are, right? And if you're saved, you're saved no matter where you are. You're saved no matter what you do. It's so important to know that this seal is eternal. That's what keeps us from taking the mark of the beast. Because we're not going to be here. I, I pity for the people who are going to take that mark. It's really, it's very, very clear in the Bible. But you and I have been marked differently. I've been marked with a mark of belief. And you that have trusted Christ as your Savior... You can't take the Satan mark. You can't take the mark of the beast. It's impossible for them to mark you. By the way, uh, Jesus himself said, fear not him who destroys the body, right? But fear him who can cast both body and soul in hell. You know, there's lots of things that can happen to a Christian's body. Uh, there's martyrs that can be martyred. There's, there's torture. Christians have been tortured. Uh, I, I, I read a book one time about, um, uh, I forgot his name, I think his name was Howard Rutledge. He was a Vietnam pilot of an F-4 Phantom. He got shot down over Hanoi and early in the war, and he, was, uh, uh, he wasn't rescued, so, so to speak. He was captured. They put him in the Hanoi Hilton. It was a prison in Hanoi. He stayed there for somewhere around seven years, and he ate... Um, uh, weeds out of the ditch inside of his cell and they tapped on the wall for Morse code and they finally communicated with one another but they finally released him and he was tortured almost every day like uh, several times uh, and, and he made it, he made it. So Christians do go through trials and Christians will be martyred but no, no Christian is possible can ever take the mark of the beast because to do that seals their fate and uh, they will go to hell. And now we're going to see that in a minute. But I want you to know something. We're marked with a different mark. Would you turn with me to Ezekiel in the Old Testament? <clears throat> Ezekiel, uh, right before Daniel. Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And chapter number 9, I want you to see a little bit of this. God marks us. Uh, we have a spiritual mark up in our heart. Now, 
Ezekiel, he had some incredible visions and prophecies that are yet to this day gone largely unexplained in many ways. But it's for those of us who like to study the Bible, you'll always get something new. And you'll always get something profitable for you. But look at chapter number 9, verse number 1. It says, He cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. Every man, and, and every man with his dis destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with fine with linen, with a rider's inkhorn. Notice the word inkhorn by his side. A rider. Aha. A rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. This is a vision of glory, and God's going to give instruction. Verse number 3 says, The glory of the, of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house, and he called to the man clothed with linen, which had a writer's inkhorn by his side. This is spiritual speaking here. Watch now. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, throughout, or through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a what? Set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Do you realize what you just saw there? There is a spiritual mark that God put on the inhabitants of, of this city. And do you know that God recognized that? It was almost like an angel had a different kind of ink. You're with me on this. Where did he mark them? On the forehead. This is, this is almost like, here's Satan in, in, the, in, in the days of great tribulation. He comes in, he, he's going to mark people too. I'll tell you, it's, just, it's just amazing. It's so spectacular, deep. Are you saved? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you know him as your savior? Are, are you glad he saved you? Then you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. And here's a little picture of maybe how that happened. I know God knows who I am. I know God knows who you are. I know Jesus knows you. Do you know the world? Jesus said, behold, I never knew you. He said, depart from me, you work iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. God never knew them. Although he knows everything, he knows them not like you and I would know each other. By the way, uh, I'm, I have a family and I know my family. I can pick them out of a crowd. And you know what? I treat them a little different than I do strangers. If somebody comes and I don't know them, I'd have to say, well, I don't know you. Now, if Jack comes up, I'd say, hey, I know you. <laughs> if my family comes up, I know them. You know, when Jesus said, "Be depart from me, you work iniquity, I never knew you. He knows everything, but he didn't know them the way we know each other as a family. That's what he's talking about. And you know, God knows us because he marked us. 
Look at verse 4 again. It says, The Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh, and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And boy, look what the next uh, scene holds. And to the others, he said, in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have pity. Slay utterly old, young, both maids, little children, and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary. Then they began the, at the ancient men which were uh, before the house. And you can turn back. You know what the Bible's teaching is here. There was a scene where God knows who belongs to him. Is that right? And these people in the, in the great tribulation that take the mark of the beast, they're owned by only one person. That's the beast. Now, let's, let's, let's delve into this a little bit. Look at Revelation chapter 14. We've got plenty of time. Let's go ahead and turn there. Uh, I, I don't know how many times we've ever got to look at this, but, but this I don't remember ever preaching on this before in my whole life. Uh, chapter number 14, look at verse 1 through 3. And uh, John says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. There it is again. Isn't that amazing? Ezekiel told us how that this writer with an inkhorn marked the foreheads of those that, that cried out and sighed because of all the evil. And by the way, if you're sick and tired of the evil, God knows it. Amen. Are you sick and tired of murders? Drug addiction and pedophiles and all this nonsense and all this racial tension in our country. How many are sick and tired of the racial tension? You know what? I never did any of that. I, I, I got no enemies because of the color of their skin. And I know you don't either. They're not my enemies. My goodness, our country's being torn apart by this. And it bothers me. And it makes me sick inside. And you know what? The Bible says... I saw that. You hate that, don't you? And I say, amen, I hate that. And God knows your heart because you got a mark on it. Now, here's the 444,000 in the book of Revelation. This is during the Great Tribulation. Look at verse number 2 in chapter 14. It says, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. No man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So in the middle of the tribulation, there's going to be 144,000 and they're going to be wonderfully marked on their foreheads by the Lord. That's, a, that's, that's amazing to me. Now let's look at uh, verse, uh, chapter 15 for just a minute. In verses 1 through 3 in chapter 15, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them was filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and from them that had gotten the victory over the beast. The beast, the victory over the beast. There's people in the, in the um, 
the great tribulation, they're not going to take the mark. They're going to, they're going to come, and they're not going to be able to buy. They're not going to be able to sell. They're not going to be able to do anything. And boy, I'll tell you what. I went in, I went into uh, Cabela's yesterday, and this lady came, I was clear across the street. And she said, where's your mask? You got to have a mask on. And we told her that we had a medical issue. And she said, oh, okay. I do have a medical issue. You know there's so much wrong with my body right now. I got medical issues all over. I got hay fever. I have headaches. I have back aches. I have neck aches. Uh, I have ear aches. I got, uh, there's just a lot wrong with me. I wasn't lying to her. Come on, I wasn't lying. I didn't say what the issue was, right? I got hay fever. That's issue enough. By the way, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to breathe my own CO2 all day. There's a lot of bacteria. I mean, there are times when I have coffee breath, and I don't like that. Okay, have I grossed you out enough? Leave me alone. I'm going to Cabela's. I got to get in there. Well, and got inside, and nobody, nobody said a word. I'm just saying, there's a lot of pressure today. A lot of pressure, and I don't think it's all from God. I don't think it's all from the Lord. I said, boy, there's, there's peer pressure like you wouldn't believe in our country today. It's, get, it's getting to where you, you're just a lower level of society if you're free. But you know what? God put a mark on us, didn't he? I'm saved. You saved? I mean, we're marked. And God knows us. You know, the martyrs, they were marked. Now, let's take a, a little, a little uh, look at what, what I told you we we're going to see. Let's go to Revelation chapter 13. <clears throat> so what I think is happening today, even right under our eyes, right in front of our noses, is a preparation, a time when the devil is, is allowed to worldwide kind of prepare people for the future. They're not going to forget this, this pandemic. Nobody's going to forget this. It's going to be the great pandemic of 2020, isn't it? It's, it's etched in stone right now. It's, you're not going to be able to forget it. No unsaved person. If Jesus comes back today... This, this, uh, this pandemic issue is still going to be swirling around the world and the preparations, in, 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 it's ongoing right now. Why? To get people to the point of a one world government and one society with one leader, the Satan, the beast, and the false prophet. Now, this is scary stuff. If, you, if you're not saved, uh, it's science fiction. If you are saved, you're wondering, would this happen to me? The Bible says, no, 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 we're not going to be here. What we're experiencing now is not the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is the Great Tribulation. Never before, never after, as bad as it will be in the Biblical Tribulation. The Great Tribulation, that's what Jesus said. So what are we experiencing? A precursor. It's a run-up. It's, pre it's a preparation time. 
its thing getting ready. You know what I mean? This, this would scare some Christians, but it doesn't scare me. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Jesus is going to do. And if you read the Bible, this should, this should be kind of exciting. How, how many are looking forward to going to heaven? Did you know it's really going to happen? Did you know everything in the Bible is actually true? It really is true. And we're going to see it. We're going to feel it. We're going to know it. It's, it's awful easy to preach it. Sometimes it's kind of scary to realize it's actually going to happen. Look at this. Look at Revelation 13, verse 11. Um, it says now, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and the, he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that are dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying, un, uh, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should uh, make an image to the beast which hath the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that they, as many as would not worship the image uh, of the beast, should be killed. And you see why those people that are not going to worship the beast and not take his mark? You know why? They're martyrs, aren't they? So the, the precursor, it's an attitude, it's peer pressure. Because if you don't conform, if you don't do what we say, if you don't, well, I'll tell you what, it only makes me want to get into my Bible a little bit more because there's, there's, there's an attitude that's coming through the world today. You've got to do what we tell you to do and conform and do whatever we say. Now, it's not really bad right now, amen? It isn't. I mean, you can, you can tell people to go fly a kite if you want to right now. Hey, go fly a kite. That's a good thing. I like that. Hey, would, hey, would you do me a favor real quick? Do, would you do me a favor real quick as fast as you can? Go fly a kite. We still have the Constitution. Somebody say amen. <laughs> we, still, we still have America. The land of the free and the home of the brave. Praise God. I love that flag. I'm free. Let's stay that way. Everybody else can go fly a kite. But look, look, this is, this is serious business, what we're, we're, we're experiencing. So they're, they're, the people that don't take the mark are going to be killed in the tribulation. And it says, verse 16, He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, as we said before, to take this mark in their forehead or their right hand. And that no man might buy or sell, here it is, do, you, do anybody see any of this going on today, kind of the precursor? You can't come in here. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, no, you can't. Yes, I, hey, I went to Burn Inns the other day. I'll tell you all the stores where they don't enforce it. Amen. 
that's where you can go get something to eat and praise God. I know where you can go golf and they don't enforce it. And, of course, Cabela's. Uh, but anyway, that no man, no man, no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. What's this thing is 666. Look at it, verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Six, six, six. That's the number of man. That's the number of the beast. You know what? I don't even like that number on a license plate. It creeps me out. When, when I, got, I got changed one time, or the receipt, and it said 666 on it. And the, the cashier looked at it, and she goes, whoa. And I said, yeah, isn't that creepy? And she said, yeah. Obviously, she had some Bible training, amen? But, you know, hey, how many know where they came out with the barcodes on the soda pop cans, right? It's like, whoa. Go ahead and drink it, man. It's not, you're not taking the mark of the beast. If they come up with easy ways to, it's just, you see the groundwork and the, and the, and the technology is actually kind of helping us right now. Inventory and nothing wrong with the computer. And by the way, you Seventh-day Adventist people out there, I'm not worshiping the beast because we have church on Sunday. Jesus had church on Sunday. Amen. So anyway, there is a groundwork being laid. I want you to remember the Bible does say this kind of stuff will happen. But where do we go from here? What do we do? I'd say this, stay healthy and stay free. Nothing wrong with preventative medicine. I'm not one of these crazy, nut, cultish, weird, doctrinal, crazy people that are running from, running from fear to fear to fear to fear. I'm just teaching what the Bible says. Listen, it, it's going to happen. The, the, the beast will require people to have a, a, a mark, but you won't be able to take it because you're saved. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians. I'm, I'm really, really almost done. I promise. We're going to go to 2 Thessalonians, and then we're going uh, to Romans or uh, 1 Corinthians, okay? And that's it. That's it. Because I can tell some of you are wondering, when is he going to be done? But isn't this, isn't this good stuff, though? I, I, I enjoy this. Now, where, where did I tell you to go? Oh, 2 Thessalonians, that's right. See, now, if I forget, <laughs> we can go anywhere. <laughs> All right, let's look at it. All right, are you with me? Chapter 2 talks about, in the first few verses, about how that the, uh, the Antichrist is going to be held back. He can't, he can't do everything he wants to do until this force, this person, it, it, it says he, it's to have to be he, taken out of the way, verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he, that's the Holy Spirit, who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So whatever's holding this back is a person. And the person is, is the Holy Spirit. So that is the power that holds back the devil 
from completely being unleashed on, on the world. It's not ready yet. All right, so I want you to see when that day does come, you and I will be gone. But look down here in verse uh, number uh, 9, and it shows what his design will be. He wants to deceive the whole world. It's, or excuse me, verse 8. And, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. This is that Antichrist. This is that, that, that satanic man. Verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So all the people that are left are going to be deceived because they didn't love the truth and they are not saved. Who is it then that's going to be taking the mark of the beast? Only unsaved people are going to take the mark. Now let's look at verse number 11. For this cause, for this cause, God shall send them Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. It doesn't mean God's tempting anybody and it doesn't mean God's trying to trick anybody. It means he's going to open the gate and let them have it. You, you don't want Christ? Well, here's what you get. There's, he has no choice. He's, he, he had no choice whatsoever. He's going to send them the strong delusion. You want Satan? Here he is. They're going to believe a lie that they, might all, uh, they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Folks, it's really important that we realize if you're saved, it means a lot more now than it did when you first understood it, right? You know, we're, we're closer now and we, than when we first believed. This thing's getting real. Our whole world's uh, changing. And you just hang on. She's starting to buck. You know, she, get ready. The, the horse is starting to buck. Just hang on. Just praise God and say, just, let's just be spiritual cowboys. Yeehaw! You know. I mean, I, I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying I'm on the victory side. And if you have Jesus in your heart, you're, you're on the victory side. Now, one more. Remember I told you one more scripture? I really meant it. 1 Corinthians, let's go there. No, no, I'm sorry, Romans 8. I'll get there. We are, hold on. There's so much going through my mind right now. Boy, you got to forgive me. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, powers, none of these <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the Romans it, if I don't write it down it's just running around in my head alright, hold on yes, that's it Romans 8 Brother Carlson's going to teach on this too alright, verse 35 I found it everybody say amen, I got it now Please remember, 
there is some things happening in our, in our world, but now we have the promise of God. If you have received Christ as your Savior, you are more than a conqueror through Christ. All right. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. And I might just say any pandemic or any other thing like a pandemic or any other thing that comes down the pike, anything that comes to us, there's nothing that's going to take and separate us from the love of Christ, love of God which is in Christ. Look at verse 39 and we'll be done. Nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, if you don't read the Bible, there's some things that could happen in society that might kind of fluster you. Right? Let's not get flustered. Let's just look back and say, oh, okay, I see. I see what's happening. The devil's getting ready to, to take over. I don't know when that's going to be. I got no date for you. But how many of you say it should drive you right into this book and right on your knees? And right up close to Jesus like, like uh, John did at the Last Supper. You have a good relationship with the Lord? Develop that. Develop it mighty quick. Let's bow our heads for prayer.